They say when a baby is born, so is a mother. But while you are there to help your baby grow into the person he or she is meant to be, who is there to help you? Many women feel lost and alone when they become mothers, wondering, who am I now? Sometimes it feels like the transformation from woman to mother is as radical as a caterpillar's transformation into a butterfly. Did you know that inside the chrysalis, the caterpillar literally turns into goop before it rearranges itself into a butterfly? This podcast is about the goop, what soul transformation looks like as you transition from being a woman to a mom. Your baby's growth matters, but yours does too. You're not alone. I'm your host, Brittany Ming. Welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. My name is Brittany Ming, your host, and today we are with Jacqueline Pizzillo. She is a mother, a stepmother, and the director of brand communications and PR at Room to Read, a global education nonprofit focused on creating a world free from illiteracy and gender inequality. She is passionate about rewriting the narrative girls and women are told about themselves and living a purpose-driven life. So welcome, Jacqueline. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So when we were talking about you coming on the show, you had sent me an article that you had written and submitted to Motherly. Yeah, where you were talking about your breastfeeding journey and how that strengthened your mother's intuition. And I thought, wow, that's a really a great topic. And I would love to for you to share your story with us and chat about intuition as a mom. Thank you. Um, yes, I mean, I wrote that article in complete transparency more as therapy for myself. Um, I just had a lot of reflections and thoughts um, being at the stage that I'm at in my breastfeeding journey with my second child. Um, and, and writing has always been a bit of a kind of cathartic release for me. And as, as it is for many people, I'm sure, you know, quite therapeutic. So I, I wrote it more for myself and then it um, turned into something that I ended up submitting for publication in the more public realm. And I'm hopeful that, that one day it will help other people um, find, find their way as mothers. I have two children and have breastfed both of them, um, which I am grateful and feel very blessed to have had an easy time with both of those experiences, which I very much realize is, is not always the case. Um, easy meaning physically did not have any significant challenges and um, was able to kind of continue breastfeeding um, for a prolonged amount of time with both of my children. Um, my son, who's now seven, we, we breastfed until he was about 17 months and my daughter is just shy of two um, and is still breastfeeding. So I think where I was at when I wrote that article was at the point of considering weaning my daughter, which is an, an ongoing thought. Um, however, we have not we have not weaned at this point. And I I realized that my feelings around the choice to wean and the choice to have an extended breastfeeding relationship now that I am a mother for a second time were very different feelings than I had the first time. And I just feel as if with most things, the more time you do something, the more confident you get at doing it. And I think motherhood is, is certainly something uh, that I feel applies in that regard. And I am now just noticing that I 
find more grace in just the choices that I'm making as a mother overall, breastfeeding being something that I think there are a lot of familial and societal opinions and judgments around. And I, I noticed that my choices around breastfeeding have just been fueled less by wanting to people please or fit in or make other people less uncomfortable and just feel more by my own intuitions and what I feel is best for both myself and for my child at this point in time. So we, as I mentioned, are still breastfeeding and I am not in a rush to wean. And it's just been a, a pretty liberating experience just to, to feel more self-assured in that regard. Yeah. So how did that contrast with your your older child when you decided to stop breastfeeding him when he was a baby? I definitely think I chose to wean primarily because I felt like I should. He, you know, was coming up on being a year and a half and I was cognizant that breastfeeding for that length of time, at least in my own circle and community and certainly within my own family was rare um, to have an extended breastfeeding relationship for that long. I had very few people that were supportive in a very vocal way about my choice to continue breastfeeding that long. And I started to feel the pressures of, it was too long to still be breastfeeding a child of that age that things may have detrimental effects on him if I continued to breastfeeding, to breastfeed, that it was making people uncomfortable, that it was inconvenient. Um, and, you know, those opinions were coming at me from every direction. Um, in some cases, I think very overtly, in some cases, I may just have been perceiving that there were judgments around it, but it certainly felt very heavy to be breastfeeding a toddler at that point. Um, and it was my first child. And I, I think I was feeling like I had less agency um, and certainly did not feel as confident as I do now in making people feel uncomfortable and choosing myself and my child first. Um, so I, I chose to wean and although I, I don't think it was a forceful um, process, I definitely felt like I was initiating it perhaps sooner than my son would have been ready. I definitely accelerated the weaning process you know, I made sure that I was continuously taking steps toward fully weaning without really pausing in between, um, you know, meaning that we were, we were reducing feedings kind of at a regular pace so that I would eventually get to a point in a reasonable amount of time that, that he wasn't nursing any longer. Um, and I'm aware now that that choice is probably not what I wanted at the time. And I'm aware now that I'm making very different choices with my second child and don't feel rushed and and, and okay with disappointing people if, if that's what it means for me to continuously be nursing a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. When you said 17 months, I was reminded of my, I did wean my, I had twins and I, my goal when I first started breastfeeding was to breastfeed for six weeks because they were twins and I was really overwhelmed and then I was like, okay, if I can make it to three months, that would be really good. Well, we eventually breastfed till they were over one. And I remember my husband asking me, so when are you going to, when do you think you'll wean them? And I'm like, I don't know when it gets weird. <laughs> and um, I remember by that time, by the time they were 17 months, I was only nursing them after their nap. Like that was the only time of day I nursed them. And we were at the point where sometimes I did it and sometimes I didn't. So 
that day he came home from work and they were both really cranky after their nap. And I was sitting on the couch, topless, nursing two toddlers. And he came in and he's like, okay, it's weird. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I think I'm ready to be done. And that was it. So that was kind of a funny story, but I was like, gradually, I was kind of ready to be done because it had taken a lot out of me. And I was really proud that I had made it that far. But yes, we do really absorb like those social messages, whether they're like, overt or maybe they're even just coming from inside of us like am I normal should I be doing this like what's the best thing so and sometimes those voices are loud outside of our head and sometimes they're even louder inside our head of what's the right thing to do I agree fully I mean the thing is when you say I'll stop when it gets weird it's it's kind of like well weird for whom right exactly for my family? Is it weird for my spouse? Is it weird for the person at the park when I'm sitting on the bench nursing my toddler, having a meltdown? Or or is it just uncomfortable and a natural point in my nursing relationship with my child for one of both or both of us to initiate weaning? Um, And again, in my journey as a parent and as a mother and as a nursing mother, I realized that it really needs to come down to you and your child for any decisions ultimately that you're making about initiating or stopping a process. Um, you know, the same would apply with, with sleep habits. I, I just think we are as mothers inundated with judgments and perceptions about what we should and should not be doing and what is typical and atypical and what is healthy and unhealthy. Um, and the majority of those things really just come down to the person giving the advice and quite often do not serve a mother well. And I I wish that there were more books about just the honesty around how difficult it is to be a mother and how the choices that we need to make sometimes are based on survival and comfort in the moment and children turn out fine regardless of how nurse or where they sleep or how they fall asleep or how nutritious every single meal that they eat is there's there's just a lot of things that we're inundated unfortunately with as mothers that change the way that we choose to raise our children yeah so I shared with you when we were emailing back and forth that I was still breastfeeding my daughter and she's actually two and a half Um, and that's my longest child I've ever breastfed. She's my fifth child. I have breastfed all of my kids and I'm very cognizant of the fact that she is my youngest and will be because we are completely done having children. And I'm feeling like when I've thought, because my husband has asked me and he really stays out of this mostly, but he's asked me like, how how long are you going to breastfeed her? I'm like, I don't know. Like it just feels right for us right now. And we have talked about um, Weenie and I got a little book for her that talk, it's like a little story about a, a toddler who weans and it's very sweet and comforting and we read it sometimes, but she still nurses before nap and bed. But other times if she asks, I say no. So like there are boundaries in my own life that I'm comfortable making with her, but at the same time, like nursing her before she goes to sleep is a very special part of my relationship with her. And that relationship is the foundation for making choices that I feel like are best for her and for me. So if you could tell me more about how 
you've honored your intuition and honored your relationship with your daughter on your second child and how that breastfeeding relationship looks? Sure. I mean, I think every child is different. And I, I happen to have a daughter who is very independent, yet finds a lot of comfort during the times that we nurse and is dependent on nursing still at her age to fall asleep at night and go back to sleep when she inevitably wakes up a handful of times during the, the, the night. And I just know particularly when she's ill or when she's upset that I'm able to not only comfort her, but soothe myself in knowing that she's being nourished, that she's being hydrated and she's being calmed. And um, there, was, there was a time not that long ago that, that she was sick and she had a fever and it was one of you know, those fevers that the doctors just kind of shrug and tell you it's a virus and you have to wait it out. And particularly in times like now, um, it's hard to stay calm when your child mm -hmm. has an explicable fever. Um, it's, it's inconvenient, it's upsetting especially when you have more than one child in the house and you're juggling multiple priorities. And, and she wasn't eating for a number of days and really was showing no sign um, of wanting to eat or really even drink water. And I just knew that it was right around the time that I was heavily considering weaning actively. And um, that happened and we were probably nursing more than we were nursing when she was a newborn for that week that she was sick. But I didn't even think twice about it because I knew it's what she needed. Mm -hmm. And it was what was ultimately going to help her recover from whatever viral illness that she had. Um, and even after that point, I knew intuitively that we would get back to the place that we were before she had fallen ill. And it happened. And I just think having having that trust in yourself and having that trust in your child and knowing that it's really the two of you in this relationship and just, you know, having faith that, that things will ultimately re-normalize is, is part of what comes with having experience being a mother. And I think when you are a first-time mother, certainly when I was a first-time mother, there was a lot of self-doubt. And even though I had moments where I could tell that I had mother's intuition and ultimately that intuition was proving to be correct. I, I definitely was second guessing myself. I was listening to every other voice around me. I was reading, you know, probably too much online and all these other different stories that really didn't apply. And I think when you, when you kind of go through this journey of motherhood and, and metamorphosize, as you so beautifully put it in naming this podcast, you, you do come out the other side, just trusting in yourself and kind of honoring all of the aspects of the relationship that you have with your child. And of course, every child is different and there's individual needs that you just learn to understand. Um, and then you just integrate that into your approach in parenting. And I think breastfeeding is certainly a good example of, of where you just need to adapt. Yeah, when you talked about intuitively knowing what she needed and trusting yourself, I think about the peace that comes when you stand in that choice and you are just like, yes, this is what is right for us. Like, this is what's bringing her peace. This is what's bringing me peace. And those are both two really important aspects to consider, especially I think when thinking about breastfeeding. I think about my youngest son, my fourth son, and I weaned him at 23 months. So he was about to turn two. 
he's just a different kid. And I did act, he was one I actively weaned because he was like a mean nurser. And I nursed him for a really long time, but he was like snacky and he would pinch my chest and neck all the time when I was nursing him. So I'd have like these little like red marks all over me and he would just like smack me all the time. And I'm like, this is not enjoyable for me anymore. And I, and he was just demanding, like he, when I was trying to wean him, I couldn't even sit down on the couch when he was awake because he would just like clamor all over me. And we had to just play outside constantly or go places until I put him to bed. And I'm like, until that, that kind of intense, like mommy, I must nurse ended. And because I realized that his demand for milk was way more than my peace in our relationship. And so for that, I had to honor like my own intuition of what's bringing me peace and what's bringing my child peace. And they were in conflict. And so honoring both of us in that relationship, I think brought us out to the other side of now I feel better where we are when I don't feel smacked or pinched or demanded from, and we're more at peace together. Whereas my daughter, it's just real sweet. And I'm like, yeah, this is just, I like, like we both are happy with it we're going to keep going with it. And like, that's right for us too. So it is depend on the kid and, but honoring that your own inner peace, I think is really important point that you brought up. Thank you. No, I, I agree fully with that. And, and it is important to realize that the process of, of anything with one child is never going to look identical to the process of those same things with the different child mm-hmm. and breastfeeding and weaning, you know, certainly apply and again, we are inundated with messages that breastfeeding is supposed to be easy and beautiful and natural and weaning is supposed to be easy and beautiful and natural. And none of that is true. There are aspects of it for some people that are easy, but for the most part, every child is going to adapt you know, to both the, the nursing process and to the weaning process very, very differently. And I, I think we all just need to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to our children and more understanding of the, the challenges that, that come along with it and stop feeling like we are doing something incorrectly when things become difficult or take longer than expected or don't work at all. Right. It's just your own journey and like honoring your intuition because you can get, you can second guess yourself. You can listen to like your cousin or your sister or what your mom says or your mother-in-law and what they're all telling you. And if you feel uncomfortable with, oh, I should be doing it this way or their way, like they're only speaking from their perspective and their experience. Whereas you have to walk in your, your path and your experience and what your relationship with your child is telling you. So learning to honor that I think is a really big part of motherhood. But I think that you were talking about when you were a first time mom, how you second guessed yourself a lot. And I can relate to that so much where I didn't, I had intuition and I did second guess myself. And that's still an ongoing journey. I mean, I've been a mom now for 14 years. My, my twins just turned 14. And I think of times where even just recently where I didn't honor my intuition and then there were consequences for that. So whether they're good or bad, you know, that's something that we all have to learn to listen to, because I think it's so important and it's a gift that mothers are given is that gut feeling, that intuition that we have to have. 
Absolutely. Well, if you were going to be talking to another woman who maybe is second guessing herself or listening to a lot of voices or comes to you and said, I don't really know what to do about this. Maybe it's breastfeeding or another issue. What would you, what would you tell that woman? I would say just to trust yourself, to be patient with yourself and to be kind to yourself and ultimately know that disappointing everyone else in your life before you disappoint yourself is what you should strive for, at least in my opinion. I I think that women have a tendency to be people pleasing and have a tendency to feel a pressure to be perfectionist and certainly all of that weighs heavily on mothers and I would love to see more mothers be more transparent about the challenges that they're facing. I would love to see more rhetoric and conversations around normalizing the struggles of motherhood. Um, I, I always joke with my, my other mom friends that there's no books that really tell you what motherhood is actually like, right? All of the books out there tell you what you should be doing and how your child should be sleeping and all of the things that unfortunately just don't map to reality. And then you're constantly feeling like a disappointment and a failure when your child doesn't sleep through the night and doesn't love vegetables and has all kinds of atypical, you know, in, in the opinion of the the public forum, atypical tendencies. Um, and it's just, it's unfortunate that we are we are all in our own silos feeling like we are battling imperfection when the reality of it is that that's just not realistic. So I, I would tell every mother, first time or fifth time mother, that we just all need to give each other more grace and understanding and be more open about everything that's going on in our lives because the more people are, are honest, the more people are going to feel like their own challenges are typical. Right. It's not some ideal we're trying to strive for. Like the ideal should be, is this working for me and my kid and supporting each other and saying, hey, I see you having a hard time. I too have been there and you're going to make it through. Absolutely. Yeah. So to end our time together, I like to ask guests these rapid fire questions and they're just for fun. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Which Disney princess would you like to take out to coffee? Oh, I love these questions. I would take, I don't know her name, the the redhead from Brave. What's her name? Merida. Merida. I would take Merida. She's here. She's a lot of fun. I like her a lot. What's one thing you must have on your nightstand? My phone, even though it's terrible. Oh, you know what? Everybody does it. You got to have your phone. It's like your alarm clock. You got to, you know, check the time in the middle of the night. You know, I listen to audiobooks before I go to sleep. Like, Me too. That's, that's what you need. I don't know. It's just a tool. So audiobooks is every nursing mother's secret weapon. I yes. Yeah, you time. Exactly. Yes. What's your go-to treat after the kids go to bed? I have a stash of Reese's peanut butter cups in the freezer, usually. Nice. <laughs> the best time of year to have those too. You're just like, I'm just going to stock up my little stash in the freezer. And yes, go to. 
what is an ordinary moment that brings you great joy? Running. I love that. I'm not a runner, but I can appreciate other people's running because my I have enough people in my life that are runners where I'm like, yeah, I love that for you. I love that you it's love nice run. release. Yeah. The last show you binged and loved. The morning show. You're the second person to mention that. And I think I need to look this up because it's getting- The second season is coming soon. It's fantastic. Well, maybe that's the best time to start is when the second season's coming up because you have to wait. Yeah. (laughs) If you run out of this besides milk, you have to go to the store. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I use a specific brand of face wash by this company called Tatcha and I will not stray from it. So if I run out of that, I won't use a replacement. So that's a go-to Sephora type of a trip. Who makes you laugh? My kids. Texting or talking? Texting. What are you looking forward to? My children's birthdays are coming in the next few weeks. Oh, nice. Are you planning parties or just family, family celebrations? We're doing a joint family party and then we're taking a little trip for my son this weekend. Fun. Where are you guys going? We're going to Hershey Park. Oh, are you, do you live in Pennsylvania? We live in New Jersey. Okay, nice. I went to Hershey a very long time ago, but good memories and good smells of chocolate everywhere. So yeah, I hope you guys have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Finish this sentence. Motherhood is. Beautiful. I love that. All right, Jacqueline, I'm so glad we got to talk today. I really loved our conversation. If you would like to follow Jacqueline online, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at at JM Pizzillo. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hey friends, I'm so glad you chose to spend your time listening to this episode today. I hope it encouraged you and gave you some good food for thought. In 2022, I want to keep bringing thought-provoking, soul-affirming, high-quality content to you. In order to do this, I want to ask for your support. If you're loving this podcast, write a review in Apple Podcasts or leave some stars in Spotify. In the wonderful world of social algorithms, this is how new listeners will find the podcast. Next, tell your friends. If you know another mom who is in the goop right now, send her a text of encouragement and a link to the episode that is speaking to your heart right now. I'd also love to have you join us over on our Facebook page. You can find it by searching for the Motherhood Metamorphosis Podcast. Finally, you can dig deeper into the podcast by becoming a Patreon supporter. I'd love to have you listen in on a bonus solo episodes, which air on the last Monday of each month. I share stories about my own motherhood journey and practical insights about how to navigate your own transformation and growth. You can find the Patreon account at Patreon slash The Motherhood Metamorphosis. Thank you again for listening and for all your support of this podcast. If you ever have any questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email me at Brittany A. Ming at gmail.com.